Welcome to the Popcorn Talk Network. For the online broadcast network that features movie discussion, news, and interviews, press one. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. From the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network for movie talk, we bring you on an expedition through the depths of the movie industry to discuss the amazing, terrible, and amazingly terrible movies based on video games. Our hosts' entire lives are dedicated to a single goal. Probably. Answering the age-old question, do games make good movies? Welcome back to Video Game Movie Anatomy. Uh, formerly, do games make good movies? We wanted to make it nice, wonderful branding. Uh, I am one of your hosts, the Internet Soapbox, Mark Donica. And uh, today we're going to be talking Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within from 2001. But uh, joining me, usually Patrick Dees, uh, he's out on assignment. Uh, but I would like to introduce you to our newest contributor, Miss Stacey Legrand. Hi, guys. I'm Stacey Legrand. Welcome, Glad welcome. To be here. I'm, we we have uh, spun the occasional yarn about plenty of plenty of games, and uh, I figured we would apply those skills uh, to the the film realm. Uh, and uh, what a what a film to start with! Uh, Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within. Some would argue not a direct translation uh, of the franchise, but I think there's a lot of thematic elements that I wanted to cover. So uh, we'll start off with. Uh, 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 what we're going to call a speed run, which is a, uh, a quick review. It, it's a definitive statement about the film. Go ahead and, and go ahead and start Are with you yours. Let me start. All right. Well, uh, it definitely was not quite the same fantasy level as the Final Fantasy game series, but it definitely had a lot of the same elements. It was still a fun sci-fi ride. Uh, as, a, as a sci-fi movie, it was a enjoyable bit. Okay. Um, and I would say that Final Fantasy The Spirits Within stands the test of time as a visual spectacle. Now, <laughs> does that mean the uh, the quality matches that of, uh, of a lot of different movies? I would say yes. I, I, I would say it, it, it actually still holds up. Um, there's a lot of dead-eye animation at times. You're like, there's nothing behind that face. Uh, but in terms of the scope, it it really hits home uh, as as a first outing. Uh, it's quite quite the uh, feast for the eyes. Um, that's that was good. That was really good. We nailed it. Our first segment done right. in the, in the bag. Um, and next, we're going to move on to what we're calling our controller toss moment. That moment when you're watching the film and you silently or very vocally have the <laughs> "You gotta be kidding me!" <laughs> and uh, with this film, I figure there were plenty of opportunities. Uh, what was yours? Oh, you had a couple? Well, <laughs> uh, I think there was a moment when they're discussing with the council about what to do, um, and they're talking about how the phantom, there's something deeper with the phantoms, and just out of nowhere, uh, the main, the general mm-hmm. just <laughs> yells, where is the proof? And gets yeah. like... <laughs> I had to stop it for a second. Oh. Bro, wait a second. <laughs> there, yeah, that scene. What had like um, just basic action movie written all over it? Where's the proof? Oh, yeah. Right here. Then it's like I've oh, been yeah. infected, but it's been safe. Like that. Yeah, <laughs> that was definitely one for me. But I, I, I didn't necessarily check out at the door. But okay. knowing uh, Hironobu Sakaguchi, he's he's got such a creative mind that. It's one of those things where you can not, not not turn off your brain, but you can accept a lot more because yeah. while this is Earth, this isn't this isn't an Earth that we know. 
Absolutely. The sci-fi element to it, you know, that kind of dystopian, post-apocalyptic type thing mm-hmm. going on. Uh, mine, though, was was the very end of the film. Uh, one of our main characters, Captain Gray Edwards, played by Alec Baldwin. We'll get to him in a moment. Uh, when, when he sacrificed himself for the good of the planet, for the good of Gaia, uh, as right. the connecting link to... Uh, <laughs> that, that whole thing got a little ridiculous. Uh, uh, Alexis is a great yes. Um, at the very end, where it's just like you told me there was life after death. You can't back out on me now that I'm starting to believe it. I love you. It's like, oh come on, man. That was that was, was bull honky. That like I had gone with it so much. I had let so much stuff go. Um, especially when we get uh, to the end of the show, and we talk about our favorite lines. I there's uh there's so much that I was like, okay, I'll accept this. This is this is important to the plot. Um something that I like to do with these movies is I don't like to apply them to our world at all. This is this is this world. This world has rules. And if we apply to those rules, then you can you can relatively enjoy them. I did that to right. Super Mario Brothers. I did that to Street. Well, I tried to do that to Street Fighter, um, and I did that to Mortal Kombat. So, so th- there's definitely a lot to uh, to accept. Uh, but once you accept that this world is its own thing, I, mm-hmm. I feel like th- there's a lot of movie to be enjoyed. And and so the spirits within it follows Doctor or, or well, not she's not a doctor, but she's a scientist, uh, mm-hmm. Aki Ross. And Dr. Sid, in their efforts to free a post-apocalyptic Earth from a mysterious and deadly alien race known as the Phantoms, which has driven the remnants of humanity into barrier cities, Aki and Sid must fight against General Hine, who wishes to use more violent means to end the conflict. Uh, all, essentially, almost every science fiction movie? Pretty much. It was a very, very cookie-cutter science fiction movie. And yet action. it still had that Final Fantasy stamp on it. Yes. Yes. Um, so let's get started. Let's talk about some of our stars. Uh, the star of the film, Aki Ross, played by Ming-Na Wen. Uh, very much known for her TV work as of late. Uh, with a, a very good stint on Eureka and currently on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Very, very popular. And uh, kind of first burst onto the scene uh, a lot earlier. We saw her uh, early in the life of the show with Street Fighter, where she played Chun-Li. And uh, I think, and not I was going to say arguably, her biggest hit is Mulan. Without a, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, where do you think this performance stacks up amongst all of her previous work? You know, I I really enjoyed her performance in this. I think overall she had a very strong acting presence in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, you know, most of her lines were delivered very well. I don't think she it's nearly as good as Mulan, and I really pr- um, enjoy her Melinda May in Agents of Shield. That's a completely different character than what we're used to. Yes. Um, but we still had a very strong badass female character who who did near the end of the film fall into the trope. Be like, no, mm-hmm. great. Uh, but uh, overall, uh, she she has her mind on a goal, and and once it once she accomplishes that goal is when she allows herself to to <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying it. Uh, she she allows herself to fall into love. Like it's like now that now that my part's done. All right, right. now that I can do. It. Where are you going, bro? No. Um, <laughs> kind of. A little bit. Like that I. That sound effect would not have been remiss in that scene. It was so, mm-hmm. so cheesy, but um, very, very strong acting from her. I think uh, in terms of voice roles, she's had she's had some. Uh, it's it's definitely strong. Uh, and and at the end, when we when we talk about who we decided to recast, 
it it's hard to get away from the performance, which is good. Mm-hmm. That means she put her stamp on it, and she really connected with the character. Uh, and and I'm I'm really happy about that. Our second lead, our male lead, Captain Gray Edwards, played by the incomparable Alec Baldwin. Uh, his most recent hits being uh, Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation, just had a huge opening this past year. Still Alice, which didn't have a huge opening, but was a huge critical success. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't go to that movie unless you're ready to cry, because my word. Uh, and then Aloha, which just kind of seemed like, hey, who who do we want to reward with a Hawaiian vacation? Uh, I heard okay things about it, but uh, Alec Baldwin, long career. Do you think this is more of a blight on his career, or do you think this is something he can look back on and go, I really enjoyed that. That was great. Um, I mean, yeah, uh, he was a little more spotty at times, and his oh, character so? as a whole, I think, was just a little less well-defined. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily a blight, though, on his career. This he's isn't still a little bit of a fun. This isn't you know, like a thing. Super Mario Brothers with Bob Hoskins, where he's like, "Worst thing I've ever done." <laughs> I th- I think for for what he was given, he did he did great. It he he filled the role that that he was supposed to as the mm-hmm. the steadfast captain, the the roguish love interest. The weirdest thing, though, is is a, y- you look at that model. I don't think Alec Baldwin. You know what that looks like to me? That looks like that looks like Ben Affleck. One hundred percent. Somebody saw Armageddon and was like, "That's Ben Affleck. We can't get Ben Affleck. Let's get let's get Alec Baldwin." <laughs> Make it look like him, anyways. So. Yeah, right. Um, so, and that also made the recasting process a little bit hard because you go, "Oh, that's Alec Baldwin." No, that's not. That's not nope, supposed to be Alec nope, Baldwin. Yeah. Whoops. Um, some other highlights of the cast. Uh, um, remarkable cast. It was a really, really stacked cast. Ving yeah. Rhames, Steve Buscemi, Perry Gilpin, who um, is, is a name that people go, why do I know that? She was on Frasier. She was Ross right. on Frasier. Uh, Donald Sutherland, <laughs> Donald Sutherland, James yeah. Woods, Keith David, Gene Simmons, not that Gene Simmons, <laughs> and uh, Matt McKenzie uh, rounding out the the general, generally the, the, the featured cast. The main cast. Um, I mean, Buscemi was the, the, the lovable, uh, like, the comic relief. It was a comic the relief. Movie. Um, Perry was she was a strong female soldier. Ving mm-hmm. Rhames was a strong soldier. They they were you could feel that they were they were a unit. Um, yes. Donald Sutherland though. That was quite a performance. You can put him. You can put him in anything. <laughs> you can. And and yes. one of the fun things that I, that I liked about his character is he's. He shows the tradition that the one thing that that made the, this a uh, Final Fantasy production is in every single Final Fantasy. There's a Sid. Yeah, it's it's CID, and I think they changed it to SID just so people Americans wouldn't get confused. But uh, the fact that he was Sid, and it took me a little while because he he's got one of those voices that you just know. So but, you don't necessarily connect it right away. Yeah, but then mm-hmm. once you go, that's Donald Sutherland. Holy crap! Uh, what what did you think about the rest of the cast? Uh, I really enjoyed, actually, everyone's acting more or less in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donald Sutherland was great, and I love the nod to Sid. You know, it was bound to show up. Um, <laughs> anything Steve Buscemi said, even though it was really cliche, comic relief most of the time, I, I laughed at pretty much everything he said. And that's <laughs> was, the thing when you great. <laughs> when you get actors of this caliber, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what the like the script can be cheesy and it is cheesy very, ridiculously cheesy at times cheesy. but if you've got a solid cast they'll make you believe every word of it mm-hmm. and and while Alec Baldwin's were just 
and 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 James Woods. Everybody's lines were relatively cheesy. I, Sid seemed the most grounded with Aki right behind. Um, and then once you got into the military people, it was like, come on. I mean, just, yeah. Straight, we gotta get out of here, sir! Uh, it, but they still said it with a sort of... they. This wasn't a paycheck, it seemed like. It seemed like they thought they were in something special. And, into it. And, yeah, mm-hmm. they, they at least were into it, which made you... Again, not suspend a little bit more disbelief because these people are, uh, and, and we'll get, when we get to the reviews, I agreed with, with our positive review that the, it took a while to find a positive review, but, uh, <laughs> with, with what there. they said. Yeah. So with a movie like this, there's a huge development cycle. This movie had a budget, uh, let me double check. I believe it was one thirty one $137 million. $45 million of that was just building their office in Hawaii. Which closed in 2002. It was a five-year Long cycle. For, $45 million for, for, for a farmhouse, for an animation farmhouse, is, is great. That's wonderful. That, mm-hmm. that they were like, you know what? We're dedicated to this. Crap. Nobody liked it. Never mind. Let's try to recoup our losses as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, what? This was the first feature-length motion capture movie ever made. Which which is a huge feather in a cap. Uh, it, now most video game productions, it's it comes standard. Uh, Avatar used motion capture a lot. So when it comes to the the animation style and the the type of world and the type of capture that this movie did, how have you seen Avatar? Yes, I have. Okay, how do you think it's a common it's a common uh, matchup for some reason that people compare these two together, um, mm-hmm. probably for the Uncanny Valley effect. But what? How do you think the two compare? I mean, Avatar is a beautiful film, but it also is very heavy CGI, and that you can really tell in a lot of cases, especially when they match it up with the really stark, realistic yeah. type stuff. Whereas this. I mean, it was very realistic, very gritty, and sometimes with these kind of supernatural elements, but it was all animated. Compared to, like, the, yeah, having having an eye to compare the super digital heavy effects next to mm-hmm. people makes you go, well, that's not, that's not grass. Like it almost like with uh, with like Indiana Jones uh, Crystal Skull with that the Jeep scene where it's they're they could have no, said yeah. they could have put it on a treadmill with like one of those old rolling backdrops from from like mm-hmm. the thirties and it would have been a little bit more realistic. Uh, one of my favorite uh, favorite ideas um, was that this they they compare this a lot to uh, Walt Disney Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, uh, the first film to use full cell animation. Uh, and and it's true. This is this is a new this is a new world. Like with Toy Story, that was a huge landmark film, and this right. this can stand up as a landmark film for for some of the different reasons. Um, a, li- a little bit more uh, akin to digital filmmaking, and the an- another thing that that I liked about this, it, and, and this just makes me sad as an editor. Uh, this film consists of 141,964 frames, with each frame taking 90 minutes to render. And it's amazing how much work went into it. They, I mean, the 200 time. people put in a combined 120 years of work, which in a four-year span, uh, these poor people, as as much okay. as they they got a chance to to see their work on the big screen, uh, it must have been like thank. 
God, it's over. I cannot imagine the relief these people felt after finally being able to complete that project and step away from it. It's like, just let it live. It's happening. July, excellent. Hopefully people go. Hopefully people enjoy. Uh, We got... Uh, uh, somebody in chat, Willis Wheeler, I went to see this day one, was mad when I walked out of the movies. Now, for something like that, and we'll get into to, to critical response, but mm-hmm. um, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the creative, uh, the creative side. Um, we're, we're, so let's, let's actually bring up a, a picture really quick of Hironobu Sakaguchi. He, this man is the father of Final Fantasy, as well as uh, Chrono Trigger, Super Mario RPG, and Parasite Eve were... Uh, oh, and Lost Odyssey for the Xbox 360. Those were all games that he served as director of, and I, I wanted to add Kingdom Hearts. He was a, pro- he was a producer of. That was all... Uh, uh, Tetsuya Nomura's baby, but that still has a lot of similar things. Even to the point where in Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, they added a new character named Master Ericus, who they modeled after Sakaguchi because he is the essentially the father of Square. Um, and with with a guy as creative as Sakaguchi, he had he's presented so many different ideals and and ways to to sort of bring awareness to a lot of different ideas in the interactive space but mm-hmm. with what what do you think is the is the message of spirits within of spirits within um you know it had a very not religious tone to it but a very mm-hmm. spiritual tone uh almost going back to you know going back to the gaia going back to this Earth spirit yeah the earth spirit of gaia uh and kind of this connection Dude, I watch captain planet i know gaia <laughs> huh Right. Hubby Goldberg, come on in. <laughs> but just the connection between the earth and people uh, mm-hmm. was an interesting theme. I, into. I I agree. Uh, it didn't necessarily. It I, I think it it had some environmentalist uh, ideas where it comes to when it, when it comes to like we we all have a, a connection to the planet, and after we die, we either strengthen or weaken. Uh, the planet as a whole with that energy. Now, whether how literal that may actually be is one thing, mm-hmm. but but the the idea that we all we all have a legacy, no matter how big, no matter how small. It's right. very cool. Very very. Uh, it makes everybody kind of feel good, a little bit uplifted. Yeah, it's a very inclusive kind of idea. Yeah, I I, I agree with that, and and. In in that sense, in including Gaia, which was he he wanted to name the movie Gaia, but mm-hmm. by putting the Final Fantasy brand on it, you get a little bit more eyes, you get a little bit more uh, uh, fans of that brand in there. But if he had kept it with Gaia, uh, I know he's used the idea of Gaia and the idea of uh, the energy of the planet. I know that that was with uh, Final Fantasy VII um, and a lot of different others, but, uh, even, mm-hmm. well, I mean, I know this isn't him still, but even Kingdom Hearts has like a planet energy unlocks, whatever. Yeah. Um, it's all connected. All it's all connected. Every, everybody, <laughs> every planet, every world. Uh, so I think in, in a weird way, in a weird roundabout way, that spiritual, <laughs> this is the spiritual, uh, predecessor to the Final Fantasy series because at the end of the movie, we see, uh, Gaia sort of take out the whole phantom infection, quote unquote mm. infection, and uh, as a result, the whole planet, while it was attacked on on like a core level, uh, it right. it kind of has to rebuild itself. So there is still that modern technology, but there's like mm. the husks of the life that used to be there, and and whether or not the life has been brought back or or, or else, pe- people have to start over. And I think 
there's at least one or two Final Fantasy movies where this or Final Fantasy games where I think this could work as a prequel. That's a really interesting kind of thought. I didn't, you know, I didn't think about it that way at first, but it it does work as a kind of precursor to what's to come. That beginning start or push beginning the, sorry the beginning start the, the beginning push the, the, yeah to... and and i think if if you frame it like that i mean i think i think this is an enjoyable movie overall mm-hmm. um you, you, i mean the the animation you you have to take any animated movie you have to take as a product of its time and and this definitely has some elements where uh it it's like yeah this is from late 90s or the 2000s but uh the while the while the actual dialogue may be super cheesy and hokey, there's a reason mm-hmm. that right. that dialogue stands the test of time sometimes uh, because you you associate it to a little bit more than uh, you you don't have to rely on the dialogue you associate it with other other types of media where you've heard that dialogue before and it general not uh, generalizes it that's a terrible like this terrible word to use but it it sort of assembles everything in a way to go oh yeah this is like one of those movies i like that movie mm-hmm. i'll watch it again when it's on um what did you what did you think about the uh, essentially the ideas that and and the story the the ideas versus story so not not necessarily the dialogue that would take you from one scene to the next mm-hmm. but the actu- but what the what the movie was trying to tell us oh kind of going through the motion yeah uh i mean it was a very classic kind of not well good versus evil in a way but it was kind of convoluted mm-hmm. good versus evil um and as we kind of moved through it things got even more kind of messy yeah the characters it almost tried to be very clear cut at first, uh, and then just kind of, well, at least as far as the evil went, it just went full evil towards the end. Yeah, which was a little weird for me. Hein, Hein was a very bizarre character, but um, it's another theme in the Final Fantasy games uh, where it's two people trying to do the same thing mm-hmm. with different means. Right, and and this this went into full schlocky action. Uh, action movie villain where he was almost like usually uh, uh, another show that we do on the popcorn talk network uh, uh, action movie anatomy one of the rules that they have of their action movies is the good guy and the bad guy have to be the two smartest people in the movie um Mm -hmm. and didn't feel that with hein uh but he had we we got to see the the tiny bit of him the picture of his wife and wife and kid uh that alone made me go well of course he's irrational yeah I mean, that completely humanized him and his motives and why he was doing what he was doing. Agreed. So, you know, it it made more sense. There was still a complete shift that happened later than that, though, I think, that was a little yeah, less that, explained. Like, and, yeah, I'll, uh, again, when we get to my favorite line, because that, that just totally broke him as a character for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I mean, so many great lines, quote-unquote great lines, <laughs> uh, to, to pick from. But, um... From from top to bottom, this this film was. I, I definitely think that it's worth a watch. I think some of the character designs of the Phantoms are are a little dated. Yeah, they were. They, they're like, wow, kinda, this is yeah. Hmm. It's like this is the best kind of. What you want to do? Like of the <laughs> of the standard like soldier ant phantoms. Mm-hmm. They were really cool when when they were orange and wispy. But when you get to the uh, when you get to the the visions and the dreams right. where it's them actually as they are, just like oh well, 
that like, sucks. That's the design, yeah. I'm sorry for you. It was a little, little Maybe your planet deserves... Maybe, <laughs> maybe somebody sent... Uh, maybe somebody blew up your planet so that you could look cool and orange and wispy. Do you think about that? Huh? Yes, that was the secret secret behind this entire <laughs> entire plot of the movie. It was just wanted to make cool orange wispy dudes into- with dreadlocks? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what, did you, what did you think about the... Like the actual uh, assimilation, I guess we'll call it, when when people's souls actually got taken out of their body. It was, I mean, it was kind of cool to see the way that they did it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of confusing through the movie of how these phantoms attacked and whether they were corporeal or if they were completely... I mean, I guess phantoms and ghosts, because sometimes they would just pass through people, you know, and then drag their souls out of their body. And then other times they could be shot. And I mean, they made the they made them bleed once. Yeah. Which it was it was kind of inconsistent. That that was was one of the parts of the movie that I I will agree kind of took me out when you thought about it, because you have this whole military machine that's like spirits, Gaia, what? And yet they've developed technology that can pierce through, they have to have some sort of a belief. They're seeing these people get something, a stra- like, like their just, life essence, spirit, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, pulled from their body, and they're like, nah. No, no, no. I don't no. believe it, but we need to develop bullets against uh, ghost technology. Yeah. So when they... <laughs> we're when, fighting ghosts, but we refuse to believe that they're ghosts. They're not ghosts. But we're going to develop the tech for it. It's like mountains. They're there, but they're not really there. No. Nobody believes that. No. Um, stop your lies. All of your mountain propaganda. Um, plus 10 to orange wisps from a, uh, Rob S in chat. Um, so yeah, there, there's some inconsistent stuff when it comes to the military machine, but, uh, really how consistent is a military machine? Uh, (laughs) but, (laughs) um, so we'll get into the critical reception and the box office portion. We'll we'll talk a little bit more about story as we, as we wrap up. Mm -hmm. Um, but this, this movie opened up July 11th, 2001, and it had an opening of, uh, uh, or no, it, it did a, a 32 million opening weekend. Oh no, I'm sorry. 11 million opening weekend. It opened at number four. Uh, and keep in mind, this was Tomb, Lara Croft Tomb Raider, the first one's, uh, fifth week, and it's still at number 10. That movie was pretty critically successful, uh, but this was number four to Legally Blonde. Understandable. That movie Fair. was a juggernaut. That's... The score, which was a, a Robert De Niro uh, mob-esque type of movie, it lost to Cats and Dogs. Oh, God. But that was, but to be honest, like, for a weekend like this, um... This was a lot of this was a lot of opening for stuff, but uh, Cats and Dogs uh, had been, I think it was number one the week before. But that's kids movie, family movie. Mm-hmm. Let's go see Cats and Dogs and Secret Agents. Those are usually pretty popular. I mean, you need something to take the family to on the weekend. You're exactly. going to go see a movie like that. Compa- like this past past couple of weeks, it was like The Intern, Hotel Transylvania, Scorch mm-hmm. Trials. The Martian. So there's one clear decision there when you want to take your kids to a movie, and that's Hotel mm-hmm. Transylvania. So it's a similar thing here. While it is an animated movie uh, in 2001, there, the, it being so realistic, it might have put some people off. It didn't get as many fans in as they wanted. This was considered a, a flop 
It it totally grossed eighty five million dollars of its one hundred and thirty seven million dollar budget. So didn't definitely didn't make anything no. back uh, or everything back. But uh, I think this is one that could live on. You you give this for free with a PlayStation purchase or something. I don't know. There there's a way that free you downloads. can you can. Yeah. There's so many ways of aftermarketing movies now that you could you could make some of that back. Square mm-hmm. Square Pictures, which I don't even think exists anymore. Uh, and the critical reception, IMDb has it as a at a six point four. And Rotten Tomatoes, uh, the audience puts it at 48%. The uh, All of the top critics put it at 44%, evening it out at a 46%. And now some of our reviews. Lisa Allspector from the Chicago Reader. Excuse me. I never stopped marveling at the thousands of individually delineated pores and hair strands of the heroine, but the thin story covering her acquisition of one wave after another while narrowly escaping death time and again is strictly for player one. I don't know what that means. I don't know what strictly for player one means. It's like, yeah, it should that, be kept in games. That line confused me a bit too. I've I think, I think it's times. like, it, sh- it should be, keep it as, as an interactive medium. Right. Keep your games as games, <laughs> damn it. Um, but then, I actually really like this review. This is from Todd McCarthy of Variety. So, a little bit, a little bit more cloud than the Chicago Reader, but, uh, Todd McCarthy said, This big screen adaptation of the long popular interactive computer game is visually impressive, if not dramatically cool, and is marked by acting that is no worse than found in the majority of sci-fi films, which is absolutely correct oh, yeah. and I agree with. I love that point because, absolutely, I mean, sci-fi movies, they're, they're cheesy. They're going to be cheesy. Mm-hmm. There's going to be kind of off acting sometimes, but as a whole, you know, this movie definitely stood up to those acting standards. Yeah, when you again, when you have the cast like you do, mm-hmm. who are so interested in the product, there, there's no way that it, they can make you believe it. If you if you get like anybody who's looking for a job, no offense, also looking for a job, uh, uh, and to to act in any sci-fi movie that you can, sometimes the script may not be all the way there. So people go in knowing, oh, this is a this is I'm doing Lavalantula, so I know this isn't uh, this isn't going to be my acting tour de force. So I'm going to ham mm-hmm. it up. But with something like this, it had the chance to be something special. I feel, still think it is something special, and uh, uh, a lot better performances in here than than in. Some some other stuff. Oh, absolutely. Espe- especially yeah. Lavalanchula, Sharknado. But you go in knowing that, right? You you expect that kind of acting and that kind of just presence and atmosphere mm-hmm. with those movies. And and the the score, the haunting score, really kind of gave it a little music. bit more. Yeah, yes. the, the music in this movie great. was great. It was. And I think this this was this actually topped off. Um, this was a bestseller. The the soundtrack to this movie was a bestseller. I forgot what it topped off at on the Billboard charts, but I do know that the the credit song, the one that we opened up the show with, that was nominated for an Academy Award. Uh, it lost to uh, if I didn't have you, I, if I forgot what, the song from Monsters Inc. You know what I mean? The, 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 yes. Yeah, the the end credit song from from Monsters Inc. Don't blame the Academy for voting that in. This was really yeah. dramatic. When the <laughs> I. Uh, so at the very end of the movie, when when Gaia uh, it frees all the spirit and the phantoms wisp away, um, and the little bit of wisp goes through Doctor Sid and he goes it, like it's so warm or it feels warm, and then mm-hmm. it went up to the sky. And went that's not the last line of the movie. That can't be. That's the last it line was. of the damn movie. I kept movie. waiting for something else to come up after that eagle was flying through. I was like, all right, there's there's got to be like just 
something like, else to we end did it with it, or, something else. Or, or, or even though there was no narration for the entirety of the movie, even it was just like thanks to the efforts of Doctor Aki Ross and that, like so, or or have her have yeah. her say something like she did a couple voiceover moments, like so. the nightmares that the nightmare and the nightmares are mm-hmm. over this that the other thing and finally Gaia can can be at peace or something like that. So it's something nice to send the movie home as opposed to it feels so warm, which is quaint. And right. and and kind of like ah oh, that's fun, but then you just go what what? It's like no 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 hold what? on you're not ending it on that right? <laughs> that's like yeah if it's like yeah kind of it's it's kind of the opposite effect of of a movie like The Last Unicorn where it starts with a really like cool uh, song that mm-hmm. that places everything, whereas this one starts and you just you see uh, an eagle just flying around the earth where everything's kind of coming back to normal the sun's coming out um aki's being lifted out from from the crater right. that was another thing is i was like they she can't just climb out of that crater they oh. better have an airlift or, or something or someone you just see her come over the top lip and you're just like, like Ugh. how nope that no so at least yeah at least we didn't go that route that was, I, that like awesome. i've just given up <laughs> that last thing where alec ball or, or i'm sorry where gray uh uh just sacrificed himself I gave up there. You're lucky I lasted this long. You can't. You <laughs> can't just like or like have Gaia like wisp her up to the to the surface or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> from there, they're buddies now. She yeah. can get rides. Hey, on Gaia whatever she wants. Just go through the core of the earth. <laughs> hey. Um, so, what was your favorite line or lines in the movie? Um, you know what? As horribly cheesy and cliche as they were, anything Neil said was pretty great. Yeah. I, I really, really enjoyed the cheesy lines. And I mean, not that the comic relief was always necessary mm. when they used it, and it was pretty much all of his lines. Especially when he interrupted he his had. comic relief with comic relief. Yeah. Like when he was trying to fix the panel to get the ship off. Yeah, and that interrupts was... interrupts himself with... It's like, yeah. hey! It's like, oh gosh, calm down. Can you stop saying something funny? I'm saying <laughs> something funny here. Well... You can't. I mean, that's Buscemi. So, yeah. so uh, did you have anything else? Or was it? Was I mean, that's a lot of lines. That so was I don't blame a lot you. of lines. Um, <laughs> mine was General Hine when he first lets the Phantoms into New York, and he says, oh. "What have I done?" And then he goes, "You know what? No, I'm going to go to the laser anyway." Yep. Even though he clearly has a moment of clarity where he's, he 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 figures out that he was wrong. He bounces around so much in that moment, just all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> Nah, nah, we're yeah. fine in here, whatever. My I've God, they're come here. This far. It's Let's like, keep going. Hey, General, they're here. Ah, eh, whatever. <laughs> Wait, how did they get in here? Oh, God, I hate you. And then, so then, of course, he goes up to the Zeus, the Zeus laser, and they're like, Bro, no, it's gonna overheat. No, damn it, we're gonna keep fighting. Too bad. No, exactly. <laughs> nope. And he just totally goes to the manual controls and kills, like, we don't know how many people, how many there colonies are. are left on Earth. But you have what's left. You have a lot of soldiers left over from the military machine, mm-hmm. uh, literally, uh, and you just kill them all. You just doomed them, them all. all out. Those poor people who had their own pictures of their wife and kids. They're like, right. I'm doing this for the right reasons, and now some. Hope, what I would doesn't care about them. What I would have loved to see, and and this is just a super inciliary, and you can totally do it now. Uh, is as he was tr- like making his way in and you saw like the 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 shots in space of the laser firing mm-hmm. if you saw escape pods so you oh, saw people, people going like out. Yeah. i'm out bro <laughs> bye f this dude i'm super I know out I signed up for this but uh it's not going this far we'll no like this yeah like because that the guy like once the once the door closes all right he's gone crazy we're out <laughs> get out now <laughs> let's do it people let's go to docking a and let's like get the crap out of here yeah, especially in these sci-fi movies you you need a contingency plan like that for all the other poor people who get caught <laughs> up in this nonsense it's like the the people who who sign up for the good cause and then they f- realize oh wait are we the bad guys 
Crap. Yeah. Are we guys? Are we the bad guys? These and poor people. Yeah, I, I would like to see that moment a little bit more, um, mm-hmm. but that would have just turned totally put it into comedy. Oh yeah. Um, for no reason at the very end. Mm-hmm. So let's go to a, a fun segment uh, where we're going to recast the movie. So Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within is coming out <laughs> s- July eleventh, twenty sixteen. Yeah, so uh, we've got uh, our our let's let's just do the four main characters. Let's keep, okay, th- let's good. just keep it there. So we've got Aki, Gray, Sid, and Hein. Uh, so let's start with Aki. Who did you you? I know you had trouble picking for for Aki. Yeah, Mina went was really hard to replace because mm-hmm. I think she's fantastic. She's a goddess in my eyes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Plus ten to goddess. Yes. Uh, could uh, you? Could you even? I could not even. <laughs> Ooh, so so we're sticking I, with Ming Na Wen. I'm sticking with Ming Na Wen. Ooh, I would recast her. Very first segment. Her, I, breaking the rules. I'm breaking the rules. I'm Dig sorry. it. Yeah. So I I um it took me a little while to to think about it, but I because I think she fits visually the character very mm-hmm. very much so, and I think uh, as kind of a nod, I think I think that she deserves it. Chloe Bennett. From Agents of oh, Shield, that's a great Daisy Johnson. One. I would. Lo- I think she she's. she's on the show, she's essentially in training. She's in right, training by May anyway. They've kind of got their thing going there anyway. Yeah, and I, th- I and think this very would, similar. This would be a fun nod. I think she would knock it out of the park, and uh, and it would be her first foray into into this sort of world. Um, I'll t- I'll do uh, Gray first. So that's uh, Alec Baldwin's part. I uh, I want to I want to see Chris Pratt do that. Chris Pratt. You Chris know, Pratt. I almost I considered Chris Pratt. Yeah, I did. Who'd you pick? I thought about it. Um, this. I'm, I'm not sure. I can't explain exactly why. We'll try. Uh, <laughs> that I also thought uh, about uh, Alexis Fillion. in the booth suggested Nathan <laughs> Fillion. Not a bad choice. No, that was another one of my thoughts. Um, I put Lee Pace. Hmm. What uh, What type of a, a voice? Um, kind of playing off of more like Pushing Daisies days. Yeah. I thought it would be interesting. Hmm. Um, a kind of a different. Yeah, that's that's definitely a different Brendan Fraser. Uh yeah. Today though, I don't know what uh, he's doing today. He might he might be like, you guys got work for me, but um I'll take it. No. Yeah, that I would, I would that's a Brendan Fraser part. I uh mm-hmm. I like I like Lee Pace a lot. I didn't think about that. Chris Pratt, I figure, is, is kind of like a textbook a answer. Mm-hmm. But um I like Lee Pace a lot. Yeah, let's no, let's go with Lee one. Pace on that one. Let's go with Lee Pace <laughs> on that one. Right. Uh what did you put down for Sid? For Sid, that was another one that was really tough for me. Um I Kind of thought Idris Elba would be good. Yeah, like an an, an elder statesman type. Yeah, I think uh, there, there, there's also um, I think Jeff Bridges is is turning right. into that Donald Sutherland right. type. He's kind of growing into that. The old, the <laughs> old wise guy, the old wise man. <laughs> Alexis <laughs> in the booth agrees. Uh, so yeah, oh, I'd like Idris. I, I Idris Elba can do anything. We can recast this whole movie as Idris Elba. I at one point I was looking at the list and I was like, well, Tatiana Maslany can play everybody. Right? <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. <laughs> I was that like, too. She's got it. That's fine. That's perfect. Jeez. Um, yeah, I re- I really like that one too. But I mean, the fact that we got Keith David in this, you could put if you expand that role, make that Idris Elba. Oh, um, but actually, I could. To- I, this wasn't who I put for for Hein, but I think I think Idris Elba could be Hein as well. Behind, uh, what it, yeah. uh, but I, I put James Spader because okay. Spader's kind of the new ja- James good, Woods, yeah. um, and and he can he can monologue and he can kind of make those irrational decisions and you'll believe it. Mm-hmm. He's just he's kind of that guy. But what what did you put? Who did you put? So for Hein, 
and this was this started off being based mostly just on his look. Mm-hmm. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, yeah, was my thought. I which was tough because Star Trek Into Darkness was you know I don't I don't I don't want to hear that. him say this dialogue. No, Benedict Cumberbatch is under this dialogue, <laughs> so I wouldn't even I wouldn't even. That's uh, a very good point. <laughs> as as cool as that would be, if he said, "Can can I say this my own way, please." Can can I just do? Can He'd I just have wing to it? Change it, yeah. Please, because I I can't imagine him. What have I done? Like, no, I can't. No, and then he still but goes up and shows. Really fun imagining him saying it that way. Yeah, we. <laughs> I want to. I want to do an interview with him now, and I want to get some of Heinz dialogue. Just be like, can you just do a couple samples for me? Just a thing. I'm not. It's not. This is just for private use, personal use. Just need um, to know. <laughs> uh, uh, Alexis in the booth Ooh. is suggesting Harrison Ford for a Hein and. He's too mumbly. I don't like these days. He'll be like, "What have I done?" <laughs> Just like super, super, <laughs> super quiet. Uh, uh, not that's true. He, like you would bring the like the name value of like, "Holy crap, that's Harrison Ford!" But mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think his voice has a quality for a movie like this. No. Yeah, you probably need a little bit of a stronger. This, this is where that character goes. Yeah, this is this is definitely a character. So you need mm-hmm. somebody with a character voice, something with an somebody with an interesting trait, um, right. like a Johnny California sort of a thing. Um, so so this movie, what 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 are your final thoughts? Let, just as, to put it in an easier way, what what do you think <laughs> about this movie? What what is your last word? I mean, I had some problems with it, and there were a few moments where it was hard to suspend disbelief mm-hmm. enough. To, to keep on with it, but I actually, for for a sci-fi movie, not considered within, like, directly within the Final Fantasy realm, mm-hmm. um, then it was really enjoyable as far as a sci-fi movie goes. It's, it's a good thing to kind of casually put on and, you know, when you have to shut down a little bit. It was kind of a fun. This is something. Watch. To, something. To vet, this is like a Saturday afternoon. Like I got to clean the room. I'll put on yeah. Final Fantasy Spirits within. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can. I can see that. This. This. I was going in expecting a just a train wreck. That's what I thought would happen. That's too. that's the reputation this movie's had. Mm-hmm. But um, I've I've come to realize uh, I'm. Anything that people say are bombs, I usually tend to enjoy just because I have a, a, a... That happens to me a lot, too. <laughs> like uh, like with your, your Tomorrowlands, your your Lone Rangers. Uh, I love those movies. Those are great. Sometimes if they're really bad, they're really fun. Yeah, because <laughs> they throw inhibition away. But I don't think this one was actually really bad. I don't think this movie was fun. Objectively. <laughs> no, it was not fun. It was not I, fun. That's what I no. thought you were going to say. This oh, movie no. isn't fun, but no. I enjoyed it. It's not fun. But. Yeah, I I think that, that this is one that if, if, no, if you have never... Uh, taking a gander, if you always thought, oh, this this looks weird. It mm-hmm. does take a little while to get into the the visual style, but right. they establish it right off the bat. This is this world. Get used to it. You're going to have to deal with it. You'll see some stuff mm-hmm. you recognize, some stuff that you go, oh, that's some cool, spacey, uh, timey-wimey type of stuff. Yeah. But uh, ultimately, I, I would give this movie an extra life. I think uh, uh, Sakaguchi could make another movie in this realm, whether mm. it's directly based off of a Final Fantasy game, or if, or if he wants to play in the creative space that he has, because he's set, right. he's flipping. I, I'll, I'll say that he, he's a creative genius when it comes to video games, uh, and I, I think he has a mind to make a really interesting thought. Uh, what, what would you? Give this. We're instead of doing a rating system. We used to do a rating system on the show. Now we got one of two options: <laughs> game over or an extra life. You know, I think I'd give it an extra life too. Yeah. 
Yeah. I do. A little, I, little bit more you know, Gaia. Yeah. Flesh, you know, flesh it out a little bit more and you could keep going with this universe. Kind of play with it some more. And Alexis in the booth agrees. <laughs> uh, that... That this movie, it, it made me think a lot more than I thought, and not in like a whoa, but it, <laughs> it 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 brings you a little bit more awareness. I don't know. I don't want to sound like too hoity-toity, but it, it makes you go <laughs> think about the Earth and your spot mm-hmm. in it a little bit more. And I think that's what it was supposed to do. Yeah, it introduced a cool idea to kind of ruminate on. Mm-hmm. And I did, you know. So let's let's Especially ruminate with on the this ending when you have a few minutes with that epic song playing in the background, and then they switch to like J-pop, right, uh, or J-rock. I definitely and like, sat there through that whole ending though, and just kind of thought about it for a little while, which I didn't expect. That's what a good ending song's supposed right? to do, though. It, it so worked. it was it, effective as, as a movie. This this got the job done. Was it was it one of the best movies we've ever seen? No. Is it one that I would watch again? Maybe after some prodding. Maybe after like, yo, check out this weird movie that I watched the other week, uh, and and in that aspect, I, I would I would watch this again if if Sakaguchi wanted to take another stab at it. Uh, mm-hmm. You you heard it here from video game movie anatomy, uh, Sakaguchi. Uh, it don't please don't uh, shy away from movies. I know it's been about fifteen years, but uh, if if you get a chance, do it. We, now's the time. Now's, might as well. I <laughs> mean, it's, it's a lot easier. You can connect to your, your fan base a little bit easier. And mm-hmm. uh, we'll be right there to see it with you. Uh, so, uh, Stacy, thank you for, for joining us on the show. Um, glad to be here. I, I, and I, I hope that we uh, I, I hope that we can have you on for, for, for some more stuff in the future. I will be back. Good. As long as you'll have me. All right. I'll so, uh, let the fine folks at home uh, know where they can find you in the meantime. Okay. Well, I'm on the Twitterverse as Ye Old Nerd. It's um, right there on the lower third. That's right. Because I am an Ye Old Nerd doing <laughs> stuff. Because no. I'm an old nerd. Wait, no, I'm that's not. not that's an not accurate. Uh, and you also <laughs> do some writing for for nerds doing for stuff. For nerds doing stuff, I'm also a nerd doing stuff. That and it's <laughs> We've a been doing a lot of stuff. <laughs> great website. Um, I mean, I'm a fan not just because you're a friend, but because you you actually do stuff. You do some like loot crate hacks where you take something and and from loot crate and you make it special. You like, hey, here's something that everybody got. Well, mine's even more special. Here's something <laughs> mine's that's unique. Yeah. I just want to have special things. <laughs> <laughs> but but well, the nice thing is you show people how to do that. Yeah. So um, make sure to check fun. out nerdsdoingstuff.com. Uh, I I wrote for you once upon a time, and I really need to do it again. But I've been doing too much stuff for this Anytime. dang studio. And for- what a shame! Gosh, no, okay. uh, he's come can- back. We need you. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Soapbox Mark. You can find all of us here at uh, Popcorn Talk Network. Uh, and please stay tuned next week. Uh, we're, uh, follow us on Twitter so that we can let you know what movie we're watching. Uh, we're going to be we're looking to do Halo Forward Unto Dawn. So please uh, follow us on Twitter using the hashtag VGM Anatomy. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only, and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals. them.